This episode contains graphic content, which may not be suitable for all listeners. Listener discretion is advised. A career in medicine is one that many college students strive for. One of those students was Faith Hedgepeth. Faith was 19 years old, with a bright future ahead of her, and dreams of becoming a pediatrician. But on September 7, 2012, Faith was murdered and her dream was cut short. This is Cold Girls, and this is the unsolved murder of Faith Hedgepeth. The Hollywa Saponi tribe is a tribe in North Carolina, located in the northeastern Piedmont area. The name is derived from two counties, Halifax and Warren. The tribe has a strong community, with schools and many traditions. Faith was a member of this tribe, and her dream attending college was to become a pediatrician and come back to serve the community. Faith's sister, Rolanda, described Faith as having a huge smile and always wanting to help people. On the Sunday before she died, Faith met Rolanda's boyfriend, telling him to take care of her. Her father, Roland, said she was kind-hearted and full of laughter. On her last night, Faith texted him that it will all work out and to have faith. This was in response to a difficult situation the Hedgepeth family was going through. The events of Faith's last night alive is not clearly set in a timeline. However, according to an article from the Daily Tar Heel in 2020, Faith began her night at around 5.45 p.m. and was attending a rush party for the UNC chapter of the Native American Alpha Phi Omega sorority. She then went to the library with her roommate, Karina Rosario, a key figure in this case. Later that night, after midnight, the two girls went to a nightclub called The Thrill and then went back to their apartment. Surveillance caught the two of them leaving the club at around 2.06 a.m. At 3 a.m., a downstairs neighbor heard a loud thumping described as a book bag being dropped or an end table being knocked over. Also at this time, someone had logged into Faith's Facebook. At 3.40 a.m., Faith texted Brandon Edwards, and then reached out to a UNC soccer player, but neither of the men answered. At 4.25 a.m., Karina had left to go meet a friend and left Faith alone in the apartment with the door unlocked. She later said that Faith had been in her bedroom. On the morning of September 7, 2012, at 11 a.m., Faith's roommate Karina entered their apartment with another friend, Marisol, and Marisol found Faith's bloody and beaten body. The case has been active since, but it's unsolved. At the crime scene, police found evidence to suggest that Faith had been sexually assaulted, and the DNA that was taken from the rape kit indicated that whoever the perpetrator was, was either Latino or mixed European and native. And there was some other cryptic evidence left around as well. For example, a fast food bag with a note on it read, 
I'm not stupid, bitch. Jealous. And the DNA on this bag matches the DNA on Faith's body. Police also seized several alcohol bottles as well. There was also a voicemail at 1.23 a.m. left on Karina's phone from Faith. The voicemail is hard to hear, but investigators believe they heard the name of Karina's ex-boyfriend, who I will get into later when I talk about suspects. And it was believed that the voicemail sounded as if Faith was pleading for help. However, the call was placed while Faith was apparently still at the club, which would not make the voicemail significant if that was the case. After Faith's death, a scholarship was created in her name, called the Faith Hedgepeth Memorial Scholarship. Her father, Roland, says that the scholarship was, quote, for Native American women from North Carolina tribes to earn a higher education, end quote. Her father also said that Faith was gullible. She saw the good in everyone, and he hopes that for future and current students, they be careful who they're surrounding themselves with. Now let's get into suspects. Our first suspect is Eric Tekoy Jones, who was Karina's ex-boyfriend. Karina had filed a domestic violence protective order against Eric in July of 2012, and he had also threatened Faith's life if Karina didn't get back together with him. The day before Faith was murdered, on Twitter, Eric tweeted that he was asking for forgiveness for what he was about to do. And three days after Faith's death, he posted a message on Facebook on his cover photo, and it read the following. Dear Lord, forgive me for all of my sins and the sins I may commit today. Protect me from the girls who don't deserve me and the ones who wish me dead. The voicemail I had mentioned earlier was also one of the reasons Eric was considered a suspect. However, when the voicemail was left, as I had mentioned, Faith was apparently still out, so it's unclear whether it has substantial weight in this case. Eric had also broken into the girl's apartment twice, so he may have tried again that night and found Faith there instead of Karina, and something transpired between the two of them. Our second suspect is Faith's roommate, Karina. Some have speculated online that Karina was a suspect, because her ex, Eric, may have been into Faith, or vice versa. Another reason is that the letter written on the fast food bag sounds like it was written by a female. Some believe that Karina was jealous of Faith, potentially because of Eric possibly liking Faith. Building off this, it has been theorized that Karina and Faith had fought that evening, and Karina accidentally killed Faith, then may have called her boyfriend for help staging the crime to look like a murder. However, this wouldn't explain why only a male's DNA was found at the scene, but we still can't rule this theory out, since it is a relatively new case, and obviously police have not released all the information yet, so we don't know if there was female DNA found at the site. Also, Karina was the only person to have seen Faith alive, and she also is the last person to account for Faith being alive. Some theorize that Karina left the apartment to go visit a friend early that morning so that she would have an alibi because Faith was already dead. Some also find it suspicious that Karina was last to see Faith and that she was also the one to call 911. Some also think that Karina might be covering for Eric. 
A final note here. Karina also left the door unlocked before she left. Some point to this as suspicious and possibly something she did to cover up. Karina is pointed to as a major suspect online, especially because she moved back home immediately after the murder. I'm not discounting Karina's involvement, but sometimes the last person to see the victim alive is heavily scrutinized. And for good reason, but in Karina's case, there is no report yet of female DNA being found. Some have suggested that this may have been because the DNA was mixed from whoever was in the room that night, and this is a possibility if the DNA samples are mixed together. But I like to think that DNA technology is advanced enough that we'd be able to separate two different DNAs. Some also think that it was someone entirely different who ran in Faith and Karina's circle. It is reported that the evening Faith died, she was hanging out with some shady individuals. So perhaps one had either gone back or followed her back to the apartment. It's unlikely that somebody broke in and was waiting for Faith because there is only one way in out of the apartment, which is the front door. The girls lived on the second floor of the building. Another suspect who had appeared in a few posts online is a man named Brandon Edwards. He was a former roommate and people point to him because he refused to give DNA following Faith's murder. He also dated Karina at one point too, but it's unclear how involved they were and there isn't a lot of information about them online. Police also tried to get DNA from another man who was texting Faith before her death and someone who Karina went to go meet early that morning. I've chosen not to reveal their names as they are not key players in the case and I do want to protect their privacy. Based on what we know about this case, whoever killed Faith had to know she would be alone between the time when Karina left and came back. This rules out at least to me that Faith's killing was random. The crime is also very gruesome, something that is done with a lot of rage, making me think it was someone who really disliked Faith. There were several questionable individuals around Faith when she died, which leads me to think perhaps it was someone she knew. Police say the case is fast moving, and we may hopefully eventually find out who did this terrible thing to Faith Hedgepeth. Thanks for tuning in to Cold Girls. We'll be back next week. Check the show notes for our email and Twitter and for some important links for the case.